Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ready to make a difference in the lives of fathers and their families? The Show Up Dad podcast empowers the next generation of dads to lead with confidence and love. Your support and our amazing partners help us to create lasting impact. Consider donating 50, 100, or 250 to provide a dad with essential resources. And speaking of incredible partners, let us introduce you to Tallman Equipment. Since 1952, Tallman Equipment has been standing taller than the rest of competition in lineman tools. They provide top quality equipment and solutions for linemen, ensuring safety and efficiency on the job. If you're in need of reliable and durable tools, look no further than Tallman Equipment. Also, don't forget to check out our online shop at theshowupshop.myshopify.com for high-quality products that support our cause. From t-shirts and hoodies, stickers, and even children's clothes, we have something for everyone. Not only will you be showing your support for our cause, but you'll also be getting a high-quality product that you'll love. To learn more about what we do, visit theshowupdadfoundation.org. You can also find Lyman Tools at tallmanequipment.com. Thank you for your generosity, and let's empower dads and build stronger families. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another insightful episode of the Show Up Dad podcast. Today, we're thrilled to present a truly inspiring guest who's not just a dad, but a hero, a role model, and a beacon of resilience, a devoted single father. He has taken life's challenges head on and turned them into stepping stones towards becoming the best version of himself. Meet our guest, a man who has donned many hats. He is a skilled lineman from Proud 396 in the heart of Las Vegas, a dedicated father with full custody of his precious eight-year-old son, and a proud dad to a brilliant 23-year-old daughter. His courageous journey is marked by his triumphant battle against alcoholism, having been sober for an impressive two and a half years. His story is not just about recovery, but about perseverance, strength, and the undying love of a father. Hold on to your seats as we dive into the chronicles of a journeyman lineman, exploring the victories, the struggles, and the lessons that have shaped his remarkable journey. Get ready for a heartfelt conversation that promises to leave you inspired, enlightened, and ready to take on the world. Welcome to the show up, brother. Hello, how you doing? Good, good, man. Well, Fro, I call you Fro, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody calls me Fro. All right. Well, right on, bro. Thanks for coming on this show, man, and uh, just telling us telling our audience, you know, just bringing hope to them and letting them know that there is a way to do it, man. And you can't overcome things in life, you know? Yes, you sure can. Sure can. Just struggle, but you know, everything is possible, man. If you just put your mind to it, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Everything in life. I came a little bit about myself. I, uh, actually, I was born in Tijuana. I'm from Tijuana, Mexico. That was mm-hmm. where I was born. I came illegal to this country when I was like 14 years old and, uh, you know, I struggled with learning English and being illegal for many years. Uh, I was struggled with drug addiction my whole life. You know, I wasn't a drug addict. I was just always having fun and drinking too much. And uh, I got lucky and got into the straight. And uh, in uh, 1999, I think it was when I 
got into this trade and uh you know this trade uh it takes it takes a special kind of guy to do this kind of crazy shit but uh yeah my whole life i struggled with the drinking and stuff it eventually got bad uh i couldn't control myself I was, it wasn't fun no more you know what i mean mm-hmm. so then then i actually reached out for help and i've been sober for almost uh only three years in february but mm-hmm. i totally changed my life i became a better dad uh I have uh, custody of my son since he was like seven months old, you know, uh, ended up uh, meeting a girl, uh, I hung on the brothels, that's everybody who knows Fro, if he knows Fro's from, from the brothels up here yeah. in uh, Nevada. So I spent a lot of years in the brothels and that's where I actually met uh, my son's mom and ended up calling for her and we had a kid and obviously it didn't work out. We haven't seen her or talked to her for about four years. Uh, so it's been, you know, it was kind of rough at first. So that's kind of the thing that drove my drinking a little bit because I, was, I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, single dad, working, my demanding job, making sure I got my son up early in the morning, take him to daycare, pick him up. You know, my daughter helped me a lot, but uh, it was still, you know, it was all self-pity. And I feel like everybody hated me and I blame everybody for for the way I felt and everything. So. Once I got sober, my life changed, you know, I, you know, I actually reached out and found a God, you know, mm-hmm. I grew up uh, Catholic, but I never really, you know, you know, believe in God until, until I found my own personal God and it changed my life. You know, I'm a much happier man and I have a purpose now, you know, which is to be a better man, take care of my kids, you know, and help other people, help other alcoholics and, you know, that's my life now. Mm, I like that you said that you found purpose. I think a lot of times men go through life and I think that's why they're, they're angry is because they don't have a purpose. Right. Yeah, yeah that's correct. I mean, we just live, especially our, our kind of job, you know, when we're so demanding, we, we work in crazy hours, storms and, and we love the money, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. our thing in our money. And uh, because we want to provide for our family, but we never actually think about the time that we spend with our family. That, that's what matters. You know, it took mm-hmm. me all these years to realize that money is great. Don't tell me, well, you still make good money, but you know, we get so, so caught up in it that we don't spend time with our family and that will never, we can never get that back. Never. Mm-hmm. That's a much, no money can never take that time back with your kids. So, it, you know, I appreciate that now and I see that now. So I try to do, spend more time as I can with my son now. So, what caused you to to recognize and to realize that time is 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 important and you can't get it back? Like what what happened? Actually, the what you know, like I said, going sober changed my life. Mm. I, yeah, I, I kind of have to dig, look inside myself and actually see stuff stuff that I have inside, and that's what drove me to do alcohol and and drugs. You can go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, you know, uh, and it's it, it just to see myself because, you know, I didn't have a father when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I grew up without a dad. So it's crazy how all the stuff affects you. You don't realize it until you start growing. You know, you, you have the same thing is that you find in yourself and usually you you get guide yourself towards either with sex, drinking, fucking drugs, uh, work. You know, we hide ourselves and that stuff. It keeps our minds busy. So we don't think about the stuff that's actually affecting us inside. And it took me getting sober to understand that I, a lot of this shit is my problem. You know, it's, it's shit that I have inside of me 
that I needed to find out, see, and deal with that I never dealt with before. Because before I just I just cover it up with a partying or whatever I can find, you know, even work, you know. I just have myself in work and I don't think about stuff that was actually that I needed to see and to make me to make me realize, you know, there's something greater for me out here than than just partying partying all the time. Yeah. I'm glad that you pointed that out, Fro, about work, because a lot of times we justify, hey, man, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't chew, all this stuff. But work can be an addiction, right? Um, work, work has been my addiction for many years, too. But that was part of one of my addictions. I had so many addictions before, you know. Mm-hmm. Man, I, and I agree with you because I, I gave up drinking. I gave up um uh, you know, drugs, smoking, uh, chewing tobacco, uh, pornography, all kinds of different stuff. But for me, I was, I was not healed yet. So I traded all those addictions into another addiction. And for me, it was this hobby that I was into. Right. And, um, it was raising a game file, right. I used to raise chickens for professional fighting. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? The, the palenques. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was my that was my vice, bro. And I justified what I did um, by telling my wife, you know, I'm not at the bars. I'm not doing all this stuff. I'm yeah, here. Yeah. I'm in the chicken yard. I'm with my roosters. You know what I mean? And yeah, dude, yeah. It, it got out of hand, bro. It almost cost my wife her life, dude, because unfortunately, I would import some of the best chickens in the world from, from all over, right? And yeah, yeah. I I brought in some chickens from the uh the East Coast and unfortunately there were some uh ticks that oh. came with them and yeah and it brought some yes, some Lyme disease, you know what I mean? And my, my wife oh. got bit and my son got bit and uh that's the only thing I could think of where it came from, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. you know it, it all our decisions, what I'm getting at is all our decisions that we do, not just doesn't affect us it affects the ones we love exactly it does because i didn't realize how much damage i was doing to my kids you know my, my son was really young but mm-hmm. when he was really young my daughter pretty much you know she did homeschooling so she stayed home to help me with him so she was doing homeschooling while i was doing work mm-hmm. and then i was still you know full of my full of myself and all go party and Yes, they were at home with my son, man. Like, should we call me dad? You know, when are you coming home? And I would just try to buy her with money. Say, hey, I give you two, three hundred bucks. Just take care of your brother, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, so it's affecting her because I wasn't being, you know, I wasn't there for her, you know. Mm-hmm. And she took on the role of being the mother, being only 15, 16 years old at the time, you know. And it was pretty fucked up. I was, I was a piece of shit, you yeah. know. Well, the good thing is that you've made the changes, you know what I mean? It's never too late. Um, so don't be so hard or hard on yourself. Oh, no. you know? And that's, that's one of the things about this program that you know, that I'm doing, you know, that mm-hmm. you cannot change the past, but you can always make, make up for it every yeah. day. You know, from now on, I'm going to prove to you that I'm not the same person I was. And, and it mm-hmm. took a while for her to trust me, you know, because I always, she'll be calling me, where are you at? And then, so, you know, I was going to be gone drinking. I'd be gone for a day or two, but it took her about a year for her to actually start trusting me again. And now that I've been sold for so long and I just really follow my program. I do meetings and then I, I do a lot of, uh, uh, I go to prisons, I go to jails, I go to uh, recovery houses and speak and tell my story and, and try to help somebody else. 
you know that's that's what I do now and I still focus on my work and try to you know it's hard sometimes because I try to live a I try to live a straight narrow but you still get caught up outside you know with people that have you know issues and uh you can't change people and I tried that before when I started this program people are going to do what they're going to do but there's been people that have reached out to me for help and I just guide and I'm not telling you what to do I'm telling you what I did and try to live by example so this is what I do and this is why I'm still sober and this is what I have a happy life and everything everything you if you do right right is going to happen to you you know mm-hmm. it's it's karma you know so I try to be a good man and do right and help people out in the program and that's that's what I live by now, and hopefully that's gonna help my son, you know, because uh, eventually he might be one like me. I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, having had no mom, and eventually he's gonna find out that like, where's my mom, where's she been all this time, and she was actually a prostitute too. So that's not gonna be nice. But to, to deal yeah. with that stuff, it's probably gonna affect him. So that's what I focus on my recovery and try to learn and do what I can so I can teach him and hopefully help him out. So, you know, so that's that's what I do this also for my son. Yeah. Well, he's definitely going to see the stability in you, especially you putting in all the hard work. So that's that's going to really, really help him, you know, because children, they they need to know that they're come from a stable home. Right. Yeah. Um, especially boys, they need structure. And that's something that only a man can give you know, father, right. Especially their identity. So, uh, I mean, I know it's a lot that you got to do for him, but man, it's going to pay off dividends, especially when they get into those teenage years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a good kid. You know, he's a, Mm -hmm. he's a good kid. I love him. It's easier now that he's got, he's going to be eight years this weekend. So Mm -hmm. we have a little birthday party for him, but you know, uh, it's a lot easier. The older he gets, it's easier to try to structure him, you know. Mm-hmm. What are some of the uh, challenges that you faced and how did you overcome them being a single dad with both your daughter and your, your son? Well, I had a really good relationship with my daughter, you know. I always had a good relationship with her. And uh, mm-hmm. her was, she was easy to deal with because she was older when, when uh, my son came into the picture. But... Uh, Mm-hmm. with my uh we did she was um kind of like a free me and my daughter got along very well like she got her first tattoo when she was 15 so a lot of people will look down on me because i was a free spirit guy that let her my daughter do whatever she wanted because she was a good kid you know yeah and people judge you because <laughs> the way you raise your kids sometimes and i was you know she got her first car when she was 15 and a lot of people looked like well you know She's just spoiled and, and I, you know, she's a good kid. She's been a good kid. She's still a great kid, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and my son, you know, uh, it was hard with my son, man, because uh, I, I had a family help me out a lot, but, uh, ooh, you know, it was just, it was just rough, man. Mm-hmm. But I went through that and I'm I'm here now, you know, and everything that happened all all this time, you know, get lead me to this point right now in my life where I'm happy with my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just, it changed my life, man. I, I don't know how to explain that. And people look at me and like, oh, man, how, how do you have fun with no alcohol or, you know. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, you know. You can have this life, you know. There's a life you can live beyond your dreams if you just get your shit right, you know. And you love yeah. yourself. 
because I didn't love myself back then, you know. Mm. I like that you said that, bro. Love yourself. There's a, a Mike Ness song, right, by Social Distortion. He says, how can you love unless you love yourself, right? Exactly. And, yeah. you know, that's one of the lyrics that he says, you know, and um, it's absolutely true, bro. How can you love other people when you don't even love yourself? You know, exactly. you got to you gotta love yourself first, you know? Exactly. And then out of that abundance, it pours out from you onto your children and your loved ones. Exactly. And people see that, you know, this. People, mm-hmm. people see that you're happy, you know, and uh, because when you're hurt, you know, you they say that hurt people hurt people, and and when mm-hmm. I was hurt, and I was hurting people, you know, and there's nothing, and I didn't see that until until I went through this this phase of my life, you know, this changed my life. So it's crazy that you said they're hurting people hurt, and that's absolutely true. And I I remember a certain situation in my life where. Um, I would like if I was dealing with something internally, like because I get really down on myself, right? Yeah. And I was dealing with some stuff that was happening, you know, internally, and I didn't voice it out because I didn't know how to to communicate right. at at the time, right? But so I was dealing with this anger, and I was really angry with myself. And the crazy part of that is when you're angry with yourself, you don't even realize that your actions are coming out; they're they're exuding from you, right? So when my wife or my daughter at the time, she was just a little, little thing, you know what I mean? She would come and and try to get my attention, whatever. I would just respond horribly, right? Mm -hmm. Respond horribly out of the pain that I was feeling. And I didn't realize I was responding that way, right? Because I was Mm -hmm. so focused on what I was thinking on or what had happened during the day or what had happened to me in the past, or whatever. And I was causing damage to my daughter. And I didn't mean to do that. And I didn't mean to do that to my wife. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But nevertheless, not meaning to do something doesn't change the fact that it happened and the repercussions from that. My wife literally thought I hated her. Not only that, my daughter had this void inside of her growing up where she didn't know if her dad was going to yell at her or or what, you know what I mean? Exactly. And I saw that same thing in my daughter the other day. I saw her where she shuts down if she's replaying the day, if something happened or whatever, she shuts down. And it looks yeah. like she's pissed off and angry, but she's, it's not anything we did. It's just she's yeah. living in her head. And it wasn't yeah. until that moment that God gave me clarity and realization if that's what she learned from me and that's what I used to do. And at that moment, it became a teaching moment. I had I had the opportunity through the grace of God to explain to her, look, honey, I did the same thing. It's live, you're living in your head. And you don't even realize that when you're doing that, the way you respond to people yeah. is negative. And you don't mean to do that. And man, it, it was just a powerful teaching moment because the bottom line is God uses our children to show us what he needs to change that we need to change in ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I, I do the same thing. And you know, being a man, you know, we we grown up so not to don't show our emotions. You just deal with this shit and you know you just keep it to yourself and then we eventually we just explode. You know, one day we explode and that's when the shit goes bad. When we go crazy and start beating people up or fucking doing the wrong things, you know. 
Yeah. Because we don't know we don't know how to show emotions. We never thought how to show emotions. I didn't have a dad who told me how to be a man or how to control my emotions. I was raised by my mom, and my mom was pretty tough, you know, just raising me and two other sisters and my brother. And, but she she was just trying to make it. You know, she was unhappy because my dad was gone, and then at the same time, like tried to do the best she could, and she did. She wasn't an alcoholic or nothing, but mm-hmm. she used she beat us up. You know, that's how she got her frustrations out. You know. Mm-hmm. And but it was never I love you, son. It, there was no love growing up for me. Like mm-hmm. there was, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't raised on love. I was raised on survival. You know. Yeah. Coming from where I came from, we poverty. You know. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's a lot of us that are like that. We 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 never were shown love, and we fell into survival mode, like you said. Yeah. And a lot of people now are still replaying that same tract even in their adult life now they're still they're not in thriving mode they're in survival mode mode, yeah yeah that's what that's what we gotta you know for me to break shame Mm -hmm. in my life my kids you know i'm I'm the one that's breaking that the thing where i show my kids love because i was never showed love when i was growing up so i tried to do be different you know since 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 the past since how my my whole life we lived together you know because mm-hmm. my parents were the same way you know they didn't get so low so it's not their fault and that i started my my resentment thing and i actually went and forgive my dad for all that stuff and talk to my dad and, and you know i i, I live my whole life with this miserable thing and this thing that they say that i have for myself because my dad wasn't there but and once i realized that my dad was an alcoholic too Mm-hmm. My dad suffered just like I did because he had his own things that he dealt with growing up. And once mm-hmm. I understood that he was just, I was just like him because he, the way he was, then I understood that that's why he did what he did. You know, that's why he lived his life. Mm-hmm. And now I have a relationship for him after that's been like 50, I'll be 50 years old. And uh, this past two years being sober, that's actually the only time my whole life that I, I actually can have a conversation with my dad. And like totally listen to his stories now. Before my whole life, I never like, hey, what's up? Or it was never, it was never like a father and son thing. Now it is. So it took me my whole life <laughs> to find that, that that kind of love with my dad, you know. And how impactful was that for you? Like seriously, because there's so many father wounds out there, and there's so many people that have issues against their father, right? Yeah, yeah, I did my whole life. Yeah. You know, so so how important is it to you for the people that are listening for them to forgive their fathers? Not not forget what they did, right? Because that's not you can't forget what they did, but putting yourself because we think that they're just bad people, but if you actually put yourself in their shoes, like what they mm-hmm. what they go through, what was their life, what was their, their childhood like? So if you understand where people came from, like even today at a girl, you find out how she was from her childhood, how she was raised, how they were raised, and you ask them how they were raised and they tell you the story, then you will understand why what why they did what they did, you know. They were just trying to deal with the way they were raised, you know, mm-hmm. just like we were. But for me to understand that, I had to actually go to my dad and and look at his life and understand that. He he was. I'm just like my dad, an alcoholic that grew up with that life, you know, uh, childhood that was pretty stuff, and he was survival. He didn't have no love neighbor growing up. He left home when he was six years old, I think, into America. 
So he was just, he never had the dad or mom thing because he was up here so young. Mm-hmm. And then he became an alcoholic just like I did because he probably had all these things that he didn't deal with when he was a child. Mm-hmm. And that's what drove us to do, to drink alcohol or do drugs, you know? So I, I understood now, once I got sober and I actually got into it and, and tried to, you know, there's a lot of things that I do to learn, like mm-hmm. uh, childhood trauma, this, uh, relationship shit. A lot of stuff about relationships are caused to by our childhood, the way we were raised, you know. Yeah. Like I was with my mother. My mother, I was the man of the house since I was born. And for me, was my my whole childhood was to make my mom happy. So mm-hmm. guess what? When I became, I started dealing, uh, dating women, I usually dated women that were inmates that needed a man because, you know. So every time, uh, every relationship I had, it failed. Because yeah. I was doing my best to fix them. You can't mm-hmm. fix somebody. And I didn't understand that, you know, until I got sober. That most of my uh, relationships is part of my salary too, you know. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that you said that, bro, because that's that's one thing I always talk, you know, to to the men I deal with. You know, when they when they tell me about their relationship or whatever, you know what I mean? and Or they're complaining about their spouse, right? Yeah. And I tell them, you know, health marries health. You know, there's a law of attraction out there. And if you're unhealthy, guess what? You're going to attract that same person. Exactly. You know. My whole life, yeah. <laughs> my whole <laughs> life. I mean, my son's mom was, uh, you know, she worked in, the, in a brothel, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm always I'm always up to the hard, crazy girls that are broken, that need help, that didn't have daddy issues, you know, and try to fix them. And every time it doesn't work out, you know. You can't fix somebody, you know. Once I Think realize of- that, then. <laughs> yeah. And think about that too, bro. I mean, it, isn't it awful that the girls that are beautiful, right? Like you yeah, just said, yeah. the hot girls, how broken they are. Exactly. You know, it, it, man, if men would stand up in their roles and start yeah. leading their families correctly, right? Exactly. Yeah. Ma- imagine how many young girls wouldn't be pushed into prostitution, wouldn't be sex trafficked. Exactly. Uh, that, go into the porn industry, all these different exactly. things, you know? Exactly. That's what, you know, for me, I was lucky that I was with my daughter and, and, and I tried to do the best I can, but I showed her how she should be treated, you know? Mm-hmm. So, she's a spoiled girl. She's always winning. So when she finds a man, he better step up. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? And, and so I don't, she, I don't particularly think it's spoiled. You were showing no. her love. You know what exactly. I mean? How to be treated. Yes. Exactly. You know, um, now that we're talking about your daughter, she's of age now. Have you had to deal with these tough conversations, like particularly about your life's hardships or your own personal struggles? Have you been able to to share with her a little bit why you acted a certain way back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. I made, I made a part of the Tosto program is to make you amends, you know? Yeah. So you, you go back and... You tell them what you, you know, how you felt and you're sorry and you have to make your changes. And then, then you usually ask them, so what, what else, what else did I do? Mm-hmm. And then they'll tell you their story. A lot of stuff that I didn't know that I did because in my stand of mind, and she actually pointed out a lot of stuff that I didn't even know that I affected mm-hmm. her. So we had her closer and we had our, our time to, you know, make peace and, 
And I told her I was going to be the different guy now, and she trusted me. Now we have a great. We always had a good relationship because she always, she always had my back. She used to come and pick me up bars when I was wasted, man. And, then, uh, and, and, and yeah, and it was. She went through a lot of shit with me when I was really in my worst days. Did she have to uh, go to counseling or or anything like that because of that? I mean, it's pretty traumatic, you know, picking up your father yeah, and stuff she, like that. She hasn't. She hasn't yet. Uh, okay, but uh, I'm sure she's gonna have to. Yeah, that, that's a. I think that's an important thing. You know what I mean? Because um, a child, you know, when we when we put them in that position as a parent, as a child, right? Yeah. We actually rob them of their own childhood. Exactly. You know, yeah. and I see children that have been put in that position, and man, it's like they're not kids. You know, like, and I and I give yeah. you a perfect example. Um. My brother, when he passed away, his oldest daughter, you know, my parents ingrained in her head, you need to start watching out for your daughter, your, your, your sister. Cause she was only like two years old, you know, and, and, uh, my brother's daughter was probably about 10 or 11. Right. But yeah. they're always ingraining into her head. You need to watch out. Don't let anybody mess with your sister or touch her, you know, especially man or anything like that, because your daddy's gone, you know, yeah. and. Because they've done that, I've seen a major change. And it could be also, too, because she lost her dad and everything like that. And she, she yeah. has to go through counseling and everything. But, man, it, it's like she's not like a little girl. Like, when you talk to her, it's like yeah. talking to an adult. There's like no joy, no nothing. You know what I mean? It, it's odd, you know? And yeah. it's, it's sad, you know? Yeah, my daughter grew up pretty fast, too. Because me and her mom being divorced and going back and forth and all the stuff she dealt with, you know? We both had... Mm -hmm. uh, had uh, problems, you know, so she, she grew up too fast for her race, especially after my son was born, you know, she was 15 when my son was born. Mm. And me and me and my ex, she just wouldn't get along with her because, you know, she was only 10 years, 10 years mm. older than she was, you know, she was a young, younger one. And uh, it was, it was rough for her to deal with it. So, so, so it was, it was, uh Yeah. Hmm. She, she grew up too fast too <laughs> now i wanted to ask you fro because this is an industry where you know there's a lot of drinking there's a lot of vices that happen right um yeah. how important it is for you to stay away from those areas you know what i mean like i i heard it once said that you know if you you know you can't ask god to not allow you to burn if you keep sticking your hand in the fire you know what i mean yeah, yeah. And uh, do you make it a point to to change the people you hang around with, or do you make it a point to stay away from those uh, those areas where there might be some kind of temptations, or like how do you how do you deal with it now? Well, actually, uh, being sober, I actually lost the, the like I don't crave nothing. I actually okay. still go to the brothels and hang out, <laughs> not as much as I used to, but. I go hang out with the girls and buy them a drink, you know, and I don't drink. And uh, there's a lot of, yeah, you know, at work, you're always going to have, like I say, hey, we're going to go and have a drink. And I have gone and have drinks with them, but mm -hmm. I don't crave the drink. It's like that crave is over for me. Like, I don't crave it no more. But at the same time, I stay, I do my thing every day, you know, I, I read my parts of the AA book that I got to read every morning. I do my meditation. Mm -hmm. I get up at two, 2 in the morning. I go to the gym by 2.30 or 3. I work out from 3.30 to 4. And I, during that time, I'm listening to all these 
these uh, powerful speakers, people that came my mind right, my thinking, you know, because my thinking is that what fucks me up, you know. Mm-hmm. If you have think negative shit, then I'm going to have negative negative outcomes. So I try mm-hmm. to stay positive. I read all this, hear all this podcast and all these powerful speakers and try to get everything right in my head, you know. So every morning I do this routine that keeps me going through the day. Once I get home, like I said, I do my meditation, my praying, and then I get up and go to work. And uh, usually if I get up to work or like 30 minutes early, I take my you know, 20 minute nap because I got up at two in the morning and then I got to work all day until like 6.30, 5.30. So mm-hmm. it's a long day, but, you know, I got to keep this routine every day. I cannot change it because you can get complacent sometimes. And, and once you start thinking like, oh, maybe I can have it because mm-hmm. I'm the kind of guy that can I just have one drink. And then if I have more, you know, I go back to the same thing. Uh, it'll be hard for me to come back, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just got to stay in track and keep on doing what I'm doing every day, you know. Yeah, for sure. Fro, for our audience, I wanted to ask you, how do you balance this demanding job and also your responsibility as a single father? I had a, a past guest on here, uh, Alfie Nieto, and the dude does everything. I mean, he he has to cook for his kids, everything. You know what I mean? And and carry out a job as well, you know. So how do you balance it as a as a single father? Well, actually, I'm I was very lucky. My 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 daughter's mom, mm-hmm. she was uh she's her recovery too. So she was uh able to help me out. So I actually pay her to watch my son during the week. And then she actually lives here with me, so she takes care of my son while I'm not here, while I'm at work. Mm-hmm. I pay her bills, and uh, she gets my son every morning, takes him to school, picks him up, helps him with, with homework. So when I get home, uh, then I, then it's my part. And then uh, on the weekends, you know, I spend as much every, every time I can with my son on the weekend, you know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And have you seen a great, greater impact, you know, just uh, your son growing up now and just seeing daddy clean and sober and, and just spending more attention with him and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally different because usually back in the day when I was drinking or mm. I usually was a weekend drinker or as soon as I got home on Fridays, I'd be drinking, you know, start. I was drink, I had a drink everywhere I went. Like mm. oh, the whole weekend, I was just a weekend drinker. So every everywhere I went, I had a drink. And uh you know, you're, you're a different person because either you're hungover or you're drunk or you're feeling buzzed and then everything irritates you when you're drunk. So mm-hmm. my son would ask me, hey, let's go outside, that," And I would say, no, you know, I'll be, I'll be like a total dick to my kid, you know, because I didn't have the patience and I was just just drunk, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Now that you're sober and you're starting to see things a lot differently, a lot more clear-minded and everything like that, do you feel that now that you're getting healthy, that you're starting to recognize, uh, you know, because obviously you're, you're you're you want another woman, right? God created you with these needs, right? You're not a, you're not you're not a eunuch, you know what I mean, where you can handle yeah. being by yourself. So, are yeah, you starting yeah. to see a, a a difference in the choices you're making as far as with women go and stuff like that? Like what you're looking yeah. for now? For sure, not especially going through my recovery and. Mm-hmm. You know, all this reflex. So I, 
I can see now, I'm not saying that I'm right, but I can I see a lot of women in the program that are in recovery and they're different people because they're actually trying to fix themselves. So you can see that on a woman. Yeah. And uh, I still got a lot of shit inside that I got to fix on myself too, you know? So mm-hmm. it's just, I'm just hoping, you know, God is guiding me to the right way and I've always I'll find a woman, you know? There's a lot of beautiful women in this, in AA, let me tell you, but mm-hmm. I just want to find the right one, you know, and I'm not just going to, uh, I'm not chasing all the all the strippers and hookers and shit no more, you know, before yeah. that was my thing, you know. It was it was a crazy, cool freaking life, though. I'm not going to say it, it was bad because it was pretty wild and I enjoyed every, every until eventually just, it wasn't fun, you know. But yeah, it was like you, you say that it was a crazy lifestyle and all this stuff, but then you say it wasn't no more fun. Like, when did it stop become fun for you? Like, like what was the turning point for that? Oh, depression. I got depressed. Depression. It was a, yeah, I had depression, anxiety. Like, I needed to drink like three or four, five drinks before I went out to hang out with people so I can be buzzed enough so I can deal with people, you know? I couldn't just mm-hmm. go and hang out sober. Because I knew that before I got there, so I can have fun with them. You know? mm-hmm. And there was depression. I'll be sitting at home sometimes drinking by myself. And and that's the thing, you know. Mm-hmm. When you're sitting at home drinking by yourself every, every weekend, it got to that point where I didn't want to go out. I just want to sit at home and get drunk. Yeah. And that, and that yeah, that was just depression and anxiety because I didn't want to be seen and, you know. Mm-hmm. Go no, to that's... the proper and hang out with the girls and... Uh, I will get, they get drunk and they go to sleep and then I'll be out there by myself in the bar because nobody wanted to hang out. I still wanted to drink some more and everybody was normal people, have a few drinks and just go to bed, you know, yeah. and I couldn't stop, you know. Wow. How did that affect your work? Were you able to still show up and do work or did it eventually start bleeding off into work and well, just, your just performance? Well, like we all, 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 I mean, we're all linemen, so we yeah. all party on the weekends and show up hungover and feeling like shit, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had a few, my last, my last low bottom was I had a fellow drug test, you know, when I was some girls from the brothel, they called me out, they were out here with a trick and they say, hey, bro, you want to come and hang out with us? We just got done with the trick all weekend and we want to see you. So of course I say yes. I went out to the bar with them and then uh, we went and had sex and then came back to the bar and, uh, I was getting too drunk, and then uh, one of the girls said, "Hey, you wanna you wanna bump so we can have more sex?" So I actually did at nine o'clock, and then uh, went to work, you know, feeling like shit. But uh, mm-hmm. told me uh, I just had my drug test like the week before, mm-hmm. and I showed up to work that Tuesday. They say hey, they lost your drug test, and I don't usually do drugs, you know. I was just drinking, but. I did that weekend because the girls wanted me to, and uh, and I knew I just took the drug test that week before. Yeah. So I had to go drug test, and I feel the drug test, of course, and that was my bottom when I said, I need help. I'm done with this shit. And it was broke my heart to tell my daughter that. Like, hey, I got laid off until I get this program done to go back to war because I feel the drug test. And I think that was my bottom where I said, I'm done with this. I need some help. And... I reached out to a friend of us in AA and he helped me and guided me to the program and I've been sober ever since. Mm. Man, yeah. that's a, that's crazy, man. The 
the very thing you love your 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 line work and, and being able to work and this wonderful job you know what i mean it almost cost you that yeah i mean yeah but i, I never i never showed up to or did drugs at work but uh yes mm-hmm. just, just being hungover and, and and you start thinking different once you once your mind clears up from all the fog mm-hmm. it takes about three months of getting sober to clear that shit in your mouth and and then you start seeing everything makes sense, you know. Before everything was so foggy, and everything was either coworker or the boss, or you always bitching about the boss. This, the, you know, I love my job. I love what I do. I love being a lineman, you know. Yeah. And, and and you're gonna deal with people that are different, you know, and that's part of the life, you know. If you just let it let that get to you, and it's gonna affect you, and it's gonna break your peace, and you just walk away from it, you know. Yeah. Like that. I give everybody a chance and, uh, you know, I just love my job. And if they am working with you, then I'll, I'll work with you. And, and I'm down. I'm an easygoing guy now. No, <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. No, that's good, man. I'm glad you, uh, you had to, you know, I'm not glad you went through that, but I'm at the same token. I'm glad that no, I'm you glad had to I go did. through that to, to make the changes. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm blessed. I'm not, I'm a grateful alcoholic. We call it because I'm grateful that I became an alcoholic because otherwise mm-hmm. I would have found this life that I'm living now. No. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now wanted to ask you, since we talked about all that gloom and all the craziness and stuff like that, right. Can you share with us some special memories with your children that have been particularly impactful. With my daughter, with my daughter growing up, with my daughter, that was uh, she always did uh, sports, baseball mm-hmm. and basketball. So I was every summer, I take the summer two weeks off of summer and go to camps with her and make sure I was there with her every day, whether it's either basketball or volleyball camp. I never met one of her games, whether basketball or, ba- or uh, volleyball. Mm-hmm. And I always we always share special a special time on the weekend because once you started living with me, we we usually had a date night when we went to watch a movie on the weekends, you know, and go and have lunch in a special place that we like. Applebee's was mm-hmm. a special spot for us. So me and my dad did uh most of her young uh when she was young, you know, that's what we did every me and her was also a special bond with her. Mm-hmm. And with my son, you know. Me and my son did Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai, so we do that shit every, you know, every other day after after work. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why I ask you that is because you talked about having a purpose, right, when we came yeah. on this show. Sometimes when we're going through heavy stuff, it's good to have these uh, special memories so we can draw back and remember yeah. what our purpose is and why you know our why basically exactly you know and i'm I'm glad that you're able to recall on those because i i know for me you know i have to recall on those memories you know when i get down on myself when um yeah you know, exactly. life gets hard or whatever i have to put myself back into those memories and remember the why yeah i'm, I'm very open about my recovery and i don't know if you've seen my instagram but i'm always posting positive stuff instead of our recovery mm-hmm. and a lot of people actually reach out to me all the time and uh, ask me for guidance or you know stuff like that which is just giving back you know what i got you know mm-hmm. to help other people out and, and memories with my kids i post a lot of stuff on my kids me and my son doing stuff because that's like my photo album you know 
Yeah. If you die tomorrow, my son can go back and see all the stuff we did on Instagram. Hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, we still have the photo albums. We don't have that shit no more, you know? Yeah, it's all Instagram now, huh? <laughs> on Facebook, you know? So yeah. that's where all the memories are going to be. He's going to go back and look at those like 10 years ago, like we were doing, you know? That's really cool. I never thought about that. You're absolutely right. It is a a virtual uh, photograph or photograph album, right? Yeah, you know? exactly. That's the memories so, right there. Yeah, that's really cool. I never thought of it like that. But yeah, I mean, I I got tons of photos on there. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, that's what I always I always post stories and stuff that we do. So mm-hmm. he can look back at that when he was, you know, his age, you know. Yeah, for sure. Now, for I wanted to ask you, what advice would you give to other single parents or people battling with addiction who might be listening on our podcast today, brother? Uh, Find find your purpose, find find a meaning in life. You know, there's uh, take time for yourself, you know, take time for yourself, find find some kind of faith. You know, it's a kind of religion. Find your own God, whatever, uh, a higher power bigger than yourself. There's something out there that's going to help you out. You know, you just got to reach out and look for it. You know, I don't know. It took me going to Alcoholics Anonymous to become a, you know, to find my my new purpose, you know. Mm-hmm. Be a better dad, to be a better human, you know, co-worker, employee, all that shit, you know. Mm-hmm. There's... A lot of people struggle with shit, man, and guys are so afraid to come out and express like the feeling in those ways. This is men, men's uh, from age. I don't know what age it is, but it's a lot of suicide. I got a lot of friends that commit suicide, mm-hmm. and that's because they don't know how to share their emotions and or ask for help, you know. And if you just ask for help, and you know that we struggle, a lot of struggle with mental, mental shit. PTSD, guys that went to the service, you know, that have PTSD. You got guys that tough childhood that got mental, you know, a lot of, there's help, you know, they just got to reach out and ask for help, man. And there's there's something out there that can help you out. Mm -hmm. Man, no, thank you, man. I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate you coming on here and being transparent and uh, being able to share with our audience you know, what you do to be successful, man. Um, super proud of you, brother. Truly thank am. you, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you too. Those. Thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. How could someone reach out to you? You talked about Instagram and all, all the stuff you put out there. Um, can you share with our audience now how they can reach out to you if they have questions or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. This, uh, well, my, I don't know how to post my Facebook or Fernando tried this on Facebook and then uh, my Instagram is fro.28. You know, that's my Instagram page. Mm-hmm. And then if anybody wants to follow me or need help, you know, I can show you what I did or I can guide you what you can do to get some help. I follow a lot of people that are, that are helping me to get better. So mm-hmm. that's changed. I've changed a lot of the stuff that I used to just change, chase high girls and like high girls, but not actually chasing people that are helping me to become better. So there's a lot of help out there. Yes. No, for sure. For sure. And I thank you for coming on here and just uh, bringing hope to those people that need to 
to listen to this. I know it's going to bring tremendous value to our audience and uh, I appreciate you, Fro, and your, your courage, bro. I truly do. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing too, because you're, you're helping a lot of people out too, man. What you're doing is, is cool. That's what, when Johnny told me that, you know, I started watching your stuff, but you're doing this awful, bro. I'm glad you're doing, you're doing this too. I appreciate that for sure. I appreciate that. And, and, you know, what's crazy, dude, is we are the backbone of America. That's what they call us as linemen, right? Exactly. It's time for us to start stepping up and being the backbone for our families. Exactly. You know? And for our brothers too, bro. For our brothers. Absolutely, bro. <laughs> now, right on, man. Thank you for coming on here. And uh, we appreciate you, appreciate you. And uh, we'll be uh, talking to you soon, brother. Thank you. All right, bro. Thank you so much.